Hey everybody, Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book beyond royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another amazing session. Ray Brem here, and I'm with Greg Moore, who is a former corporate ladder climber, author, and has owned and operated dry cleaners, storage units, rental properties, and franchises. And Greg's helped hundreds of people invest in a few hundred franchise units. And uh, we're here to talk about some a, a lot of cool stuff today on getting into brick and mortar from from digital, owning versus being an owner operator, and a lot of other cool things. But Without further ado, Greg, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me today, Ray. It's a pleasure. And first of all, just give us the 30,000-foot view of your path to becoming the, the franchise maven. Well, depending on how far you want to go back, I actually started off my uh, franchising career back in uh, high school. Uh, I ran some Taco Bells back in high school for a master franchiser. So that was my first foray, actually, into franchising. I thought that was pretty fascinating because no matter what Taco Bell I went to, I knew it was going to be the exact same thing. I knew exactly how to make it run and make it operate. And I thought, that's just absolutely fascinating uh, when I got into that. And that was a lot of fun back there. But then I started going through the corporate world, uh, become a restaurant manager, microelectronic circuit engineer. And then while I was a microelectronic circuit engineer, that's when I first started getting my first businesses, doing them semi-passively in my spare time, running a dry cleaners, a rental property drop-off locations, and eventually I started, uh, I got another degree, got my degree in electrical engineering, then went to a master's in business, and that is when I started reading Robert Kiyosaki's books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and decided that if I wanted to get ahead in the world, the corporate world is probably not going to do it. So that's when I started getting into franchising, got an opportunity after I left the corporate world, and got into a franchise worked with a couple of franchise consultants to do that, owned my first franchise there, ran that for a while, telecommunications consulting. That was absolutely fascinating, working with business owners. And after a while, I decided I really liked what those franchise consultants were doing. So I went back and said, what do you folks do? I want to learn how to do that. Because that way, I've always loved helping people. And now I can help more people in just a wider area all across the United States and basically all over the world, helping them go into business for themselves like I had and helping them make their dreams come true. Sounds like a similar story to me as far as they uh, like wanting to help people, because I got into what I'm doing now, because I want to help entrepreneurs build their audiences. You're helping them explore different businesses, which I, I think to me, it's invaluable because the I've been to the through the franchise world before, and going out there and trying to just figure out how you would even evaluate them on your own without somebody that's looked at all of them uh, is a little tough. So let's talk about this real quick. What is the, if I'm an entrepreneur, I'm making a little money online or I'm, or I'm starting to, or I've written a book, what's the appeal of franchise? What are the, what are the pros that I should be, may, I may not be aware of? Good question, right? There's two different types of people that I generally work with, and it's about 50-50 on that. Some of them are just getting out of the corporate world and they just want something full-time. The other half of the people that I work with on a regular basis are those that have another business or have a corporate job, what they're looking to do there is really diversify. They don't want necessarily, as they say, all their eggs in one basket. They want to maybe get into a different industry or something different where they can invest their money and grow it on the side. And that doesn't depend on what they're doing right now, something entirely different on there. So the appeal is the franchises already have everything set up so that you can just walk right into it, step right into it, and 
just like in my Taco Bell days, I knew exactly what to expect from every different Taco Bell that I went into. Same thing with these franchises. So the appeal there is it's real easy to get up and running and get to where you want to be two to three years quicker than if you were probably free to do it yourself. And I think it, I've experienced kind of both sides of that where I've, I've, I was in a startup franchise, so they were new and we, they kind of took a lot of the, I had, I had some templates I created that they ended up using as their, you know, their full blown corporate templates. But that really is appealing because I think the trap entrepreneurs fall into is just constantly, I'm going to do it all myself and I'm going to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, we do the same thing with our program. It's almost like franchising. You and I have talked about that, but that we, it's like, hey, if you if you don't have your own stuff, use ours. Use our model. Use our program. And we'll help you fulfill it. So if we look at it from the standpoint of diversifying, growing our income without necessarily just dropping what we're doing and becoming an owner-operator, what are a couple examples of things that uh, are types of businesses in a franchise that you could almost you buy the system and just you know implement it fairly quickly? The simplest ones are uh, that people think about most of the time. Or brick and mortar type franchises. So something like a Supercuts or a Mako or a Mining Key. Uh, you know, a lot of the restaurants as well. You can do the same thing there also. Uh, examples I've had a doctor who wanted to generate enough income to where he could help underprivileged people, but he needed another investment to do that on the side. So he said, you know, help me get into the Supercuts. You got the corporate locations that they're selling off. Help me get into some of those. So I, you know, got him into 20 and he said, well, actually, I need about 100 of them to do that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll give him a best shot. Got him up to about 80 now for those. And those are very simple to operate. Now, he keeps his, his day job as a doctor, does that, and just runs these simply on the side. So a lot of people, they, they see brick and mortar and they see that, you know, you built it and they will come, the general thing. And those are pretty simple to get into. Uh, a little generally a little bit more on the investment side on those generally brick and mortars like 250000 on up for those. A lot of things that people don't realize though, is that there's also the service industry that you can get into, which can be just as simple to operate. They're just a little bit different in that, you know, your clients don't necessarily know you exist until they need you. So you begin a great franchise system to drive people to you. And what you're going to be looking for, since you're going to be running at semi-absentee, is their support systems. How are they going to drive the people to you? Do they have a call center? How does that call center work? Does it set up appointments for you? So you, or in this case, your manager, just goes in there and knows who to talk who to talk to on a regular basis. And those are around $150,000 or so total investment. So very easy to just walk into it. Most people think of the brick and mortar, but uh, taking into account the, the services industry as well, that's uh, been very popular with our investors. Here the last, especially the last couple of years. I don't even know if you're allowed to talk about this, but like what, you know, so somebody's investing that kind of, that kind of money, it's, you know, either a real brick and mortar business or a service that could be run from the internet or your home office. What's the kind of return as far as like, how long does it take people to get their, their investment back? You know, what other things they got to think about when they're doing that kind of thing? Good question, right? Everybody asks me that. There are general rules about the FTC has, Federal Trade Commission has about disseminating exact information on exact franchises in general. Although, if you're going into a brick and mortar, you've got to figure that it's going to be a few months, nine months from looking at that franchise until you've got that thing built out. Now you've got that investment that you put into it, which is generally speaking a little bit more of an investment than you would be with the services industry. So it's going to take you a little while longer uh, to get that money back. There are franchises, uh, fitness is one uh, that does it, where they have membership models on that. So a lot of times you can get a lot of your money back just by the uh, 
preliminary advertising before you open up. So now you've got all these members signed up, all their money's in there, ready to go. So that one, yeah, you know, two, three years, you know, it really varies depending on the franchise itself. Were you looking at getting your money back? Probably a little bit longer than that. Uh, most of my people who are looking at brick and mortar are always talking about servicing the debt on it so that you're not putting in all of your money into it. So you really want something that is going to service that debt as quickly as possible on that one. If you look at the services industry, that one's not going to take you quite as long to start getting a return on your investment for that because you're looking at around $150,000 investment, either a small office, uh, something you can work from home. Uh, in a case, if you're looking at investment type, uh, you're going to have you know the manager expense as well. But you don't have quite as much of an investment into it, uh, for one. Uh, and the second thing, since you just need a small office or you can work from home, you can get that up and running a lot quicker. So once you've investigated the franchise, six, eight weeks, you hit it, you and your manager go on for training, your manager goes out there and starts doing the work, you can hit the ground running, as they say, right away. So it's not uncommon, you know, within the first year or two to really be bringing in some good money on that one. Um, and it doesn't always matter as far as the amount of money that you can bring in, whether you go with a brick and mortar versus a, uh, a services industry. I've seen some brick and mortars that make less than what you would do in a services industry. So if you want to look at exact numbers, I've seen some brick and mortars where on average they bring in less than $100,000 a year. You know, once after that, you know, one, two, three year mark is hit and you hit the plateau. That's about what they do. Whereas the services industry, uh, that franchise, I've seen those franchisees make upwards of the six-figure income above that uh, within the, the same or quicker time frame on that one. So again, to get that information, since the FTC does regulate, you know, how much you can make, we always, or sorry, not how much you can make, but how, what I can tell you about what they can make. We always talk with the franchisees beforehand, uh, before you invest in the franchise to really get a good feel for what can be made. And you'll see that information also in the franchise disclosure documents. But just keep in mind that the services industry, you're going to have a territory that the franchise is going to give you, and they're going to be looking at enough clients in there for you to definitely bring in a good six-figure income in, income on that if you follow the procedures and apply yourself. What about, so you and I talked a while back about if I just, you know, I'm, so I'm, let's say I'm a digital entrepreneur, I've, you know, I've written a book, I've done something else. I don't necessarily want a brick and mortar. I don't want a, I don't even want a service one where I have to, anybody has to be running around. You've got some franchises types that, uh, you know, they'd be used to my environment. Digital workers work remotely. Uh, you know, what do you say to somebody's really only interested in that? So, yes, you're looking at things where you can work remotely. Work from home, don't necessarily need an office, uh, something that people that like to be digital entrepreneurs can do. Absolutely. Absolutely on that one. So one that we work with is called WSI, or We Simplify the Internet. So with that one is they do internet marketing and advertising on there, and they've been doing it for over 20 years, 25 years or so. They've been doing that. So that's one where you can really just work from home. And depending and that one, when they say, you know, before when I was telling you about territory sizes, they have the services industry will give you a geographic area that you can do for the territory size. And they'll have a certain number of people in there. Brick and mortar is going to give you mile radius. We've got a couple of them, like the uh, WSI, for instance, where instead of buying a geographical territory, when you pay the franchise fee itself, that franchise fee will depend on where you can do business at. So you can pick an entire state, you can pick the entire country, you can pick the entire world on that one. And you can 
market and advertise to anybody and have any clients in there as well. Since it is digital advertising and digital marketing, it's very simple and easy then to do yourself or hire a manager to do it, and they can do it from home. And you don't have to be necessarily an expert uh, in digital advertising and digital marketing. What you need to be an expert in or your manager is going out and getting the clients. WSI itself will do a lot of that work for you or all of that work for you if you want them to. They've got people in the background that will actually do all that digital marketing advertising that's needed for your client. You go out and bring the clients in on that one. Another one that you can work from home that you could probably not necessarily have to do a whole lot with. Um, Patrice and Associates Hospitality Recruiting is another one. That's still going to give you a geographic area, though, on that one. And some of the business, uh, helping business owners, some of those you can do. A lot of it can be done digitally, especially with everybody doing Zoom calls these times. So helping businesses develop themselves, helping businesses grow is another one that you can do as an investment uh, and getting a manager in there as well. So we've got a couple in there that, yes, uh, if you're looking to diversify, good ones to get into, been around for a long time, good track record of success. And you can talk to the most important thing, you can talk to other franchisees who are doing or going to be doing the same thing that you want to do so you can get a good feel for exactly how that franchise is helping you out and how they do it on a regular basis. What's the, uh, so, because uh, this is, you know, I like to talk about high tickets, but what's the, if somebody's new to even owning a business, is there a certain kind of type of franchise that's better than others for people that are just starting out? Or if they've just, you know, maybe they're an entrepreneur, but they've never been in a franchise. Is there certain, you know, certain questions you ask them that kind of help you guide them in the right direction? Absolutely. We got a, I've got a whole list of questions that I go through. But no, it doesn't take hours or anything. Just a, a little list. A little list, whole list, a little list of questions that I go through. But I'll walk people through it as well. Entrepreneurs actually are, I love them, but they're some of my toughest uh, clients on that one because they have done it themselves before. They've gone through it before, which is great. They know exactly what's to be expected. On the other hand, when you're looking at a franchise, now you're looking at a franchise fee and you're looking at royalties. So as an entrepreneur, you got all that money. You decided everything went the way it, you wanted it to. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking at a franchise, you've got to look and you know what you, what it took you to get there. You know all the steps that you went through This this to build it up to where you went. So you've got to look and not exactly look at that, be too concerned with the numbers per se, but more, what am I going to get for that franchise fee, for those royalties? Because you've got the total investment of your franchise, but that just depends on what a franchise you get into. The most important thing is that franchise fee and those royalties. How is that franchise going to get me to where I want to be, knowing that I've done this before, quicker to where I want to be, two to three years quicker than had I done it before? It all depends, though, as you asked about on questions I go through. Everybody's a little bit different in exactly what they want. You know, there's certain industries that some people like, certain industries. We walk into there. What kind of employees do you want? Do you want you know, more hourly fine? Do you want a little bit more skilled labor? On that, you want the brick and mortar, you want the service industry. So yes, we I take them through a few questions. They're not one franchise that fits all. I'd say the ones that have been the most popular, if you're looking for that, is that oil changes. If you're looking at brick and mortar, surprisingly enough, good, solid industry. We're not going to electric cars anytime soon. Uh, we'll get there eventually, but the oil change industry has been wonderful. On the brick and mortar side, uh, we are seeing a lot. No, probably a little bit more interest back into the fitness as well. But oil change has just been just been huge. And then on the services industry, home improvement has always been good. 
especially when those DIY things started coming out. People looking at that saying, wow, that looks great. I can do that. And then they go in there. No, I can't. And they get somebody else to do it. But these past two years, everybody's been staying at home, looking around at their house. What can be done? What needs to be done? I'm not really going on vacation, spending that money on there. So home improvement has just really been skyrocketing. Good business, a good income, a small investment. Yeah, I like that. That's especially because those those accommodate. Yeah, oil change is still needed, and I think you find somebody. It's, it's kind of like stuff we do online. But if some you find somebody you like, you're going to keep using them, uh, and they they could use some sophistication. At least the ones around me, <laughs> as far as like customer relations, keeping you know maybe sending an email every once in a while. I get texts, but they're not not that interesting. Just kind of like eh. So. And I'm from I'm thinking from oil change, but home improvement too. I mean, that's I, I I was having that thought this week, this past weekend was just like, you know, we could go on a trip, but I really want to build out my home library. You know, let's let's focus the money on that. The next, you know, that's the next focus. So I I really like that, and I you know I like the idea of this. It's it's what you said, diversification. So if you can create something that's going to keep sending you income. And you take that money and you invest in the next thing that's going to send you income and, and franchise, you know, even for us entrepreneurs, and I'm one of those guys that's like that. It's like, well, why would I give money to the franchise? I've been there and done that. But you, it's if they've got the right system, then you're paying for the system, uh, especially if they take some of the onus off, like maybe they do some of the accounting or maybe they do some of the call centers or, you know, you know, um, and they handle that from that standpoint. And that's what that the one franchise I was in that they did that. They started adding things like, "Hey, we we created this nationwide call center contract. You can use it, and you can, but we've we've got this big discount for you, and you can use this marketing tool online. And it's it's this we we've negotiated because we're big. We've negotiated this huge huge discount. So that's that's very appealing. But I, I like this on the fact because there's a lot of people watching this interview and, 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 or listening to it and saying, you know, I don't know what to do next. I want to have a business. I want it to be either to provide income or be centered around my passion project, but I don't know how to create a business. I don't know how to do any of that, but I want to. And I think there's a lot of people in that boat, especially because of being locked in or being told what to do by their company or mandates, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of appeal for this. That's why I want to have you on. What's the best way? So somebody's piqued their interest in, you know, you, cause I think to me, you've named some things that people make, well, that's, you know, oil change. That doesn't take too much. You know, you don't have to go rent a huge warehouse somewhere. There's, you can have a drive through garage or whatever, however you do it. Some of these you can do from home. What's the next step they should take if they're interested in learning what they should be looking at? I think, you know, in talking to you about that, where, where can they do that? Best thing to do, just pick up the phone and give me a call. 361-772-6401. And just ask, whatever you got, ask, I'll answer. It's what I do. I'm not trying to really push franchising onto people. I'm more, most of what I do every day is educating people about franchising. Some of them stay with me and want to get a franchise. Some of them don't. So pick up the phone, give me a call, or go to my website, Franchise Maven. M-A-V as in Victor, E-N dot com. And if you really just want to go check and see what kind of franchises I work with on your own, just go to franchisemaven.biz. Got all, got them all in there. Put a little bit of information on each. And anything spark your interest, just let me know. And we'll go over the details. Great stuff. So we'll, uh, the link will be below this video as well, but franchisemaven.com and franchisemaven.biz, which I think you can probably get to the one from the other. Uh, 
And Greg, thanks again. This is great. Yeah, I mean, every time we talk, you pique my interest in a couple things. And as soon as I get 10 seconds to catch my breath from all everything going on, I'm going to start talking through them. But I did talk about the, the IV one to my wife. So we'll, we'll figure that out another time off the air. Anyway, Greg, thanks again for being here. And everybody, we will talk to you. We'll see you on the next session. Thank you, Ray. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, Ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience. And we'll see you next time.